Today's guest is 26-year-old photographer and filmmaker based in Los Angeles, California, Arfa. She loves to travel, shoot, fly drones, and storytell using her content. When she's not behind the cameras, she's endlessly editing. Arfa, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited (laughs) to have you. So you are currently in San Diego. It looks beautiful out there. Why don't you start us off by sharing a little bit of background information on yourself? So I'm 26 years old. I am a content creator. This includes photo and video, and I really enjoy traveling and storytelling using my content. I'm currently in San Diego, not because I live here, so I'm from Los Angeles, but I'm just here for a couple days visiting a friend. How's your day going? Uh, Day is going fantastic. It is beautiful and probably about 70 degrees here. It's a little little rainy this morning, but uh, rain's a good thing. You're in Boise, right? Yep. Sweet. B-Town, baby. The, the soon to be creative capital of the, the USA. <laughs> I don't even know what's out there. I've been there a couple of times because I actually have like cousins who live out in that Boise, but I've never shot any content or traveled there for content purposes yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, you know, good things are here. I can tell you that. So let's hop into how you got into content creation and photography you know it's crazy ever since I was a kid I just really enjoyed taking photos um when I used to travel with my parents I would always be that one person like stopping by everywhere like getting everyone to pose asking tourists to take photos of us I never thought I could do this for a living um until, you know, I had the support from the right friends who, who saw my work and they were like, wow, Arfa, that, that's not normal photo. That's really good. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is just something I do for fun, you know? And I just, I guess with the right encouragement, I, over time, just by doing it more and more, I realized that I don't get bored doing this. And growing up, I always wondered, I'm like, what, what is that one thing I love to do? You know, I always ask myself that and I would just kind of settle for what's the right thing to do rather than what I should do, what I want to do, what I love to do. And when I put two and two together, I was like, wait, this is it. I could do this for hours and it doesn't even feel like work. That's the best (laughs) feeling in the world, isn't it? Dude, so good. Like literally sometimes 15 hours go by and I'm on my laptop just editing and I'm ready to go for another, you know, five. And I was like, because I'm just learning and like practicing new and new concepts. And so, yeah. (laughs) I love it. The beginning, like, yeah, the journey is the journey is a is a great place to be. Before you got on this path, what were you planning to do with your life before photography? I didn't have it figured out as much as I would like to say I did. You know, there's a lot of things I did. I used to be a competitive figure skater. Um, I was in college for marketing. I actually had a 4.0 in college. I was a big straight A. I loved school, so I was all about getting good grades and 
Um, it's crazy. Most people say they leave school or drop out because they didn't like it. It wasn't for them. And for me, it's not that I dropped out. It's more that, you know, I had to make certain life decisions when I started doing this. It was more like, do I attend this exam or do I fly out and go to this shoot because this resort wants to work with me? Um, and just making those decisions were effortless because I knew what I wanted to do. So technically I didn't drop out, but you know, I just stopped attending yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's all the same. Yeah. And who cares? Your choices are your choices to each his own. Exactly. Uh, what were some of the biggest obstacles getting into photography for you? Um, honestly, the biggest obstacle is that I'm a girl and I'm not trying to play that card, but normally when a question I get asked a lot is before people take my work seriously, they kind of question like, do you, can you even hold that camera? Like it looks bigger than your face, you know? Um, when you say photographer, videographer, content creator, most like the average person doesn't picture a girl that's five, two holding a Canon one DX. Um, it's kind of like, if I say Apple, you know, it's a fruit or the company, like you're going to picture that people don't picture a girl holding that camera, running around, shooting all around the world. So I would say that's my biggest obstacle, but it's not necessarily bad. It's been a good push. It's been a good challenge. So let's go back real quick. Do they really, okay. <laughs> do, they, do they really say that? Like, can you hold this? Can you hold that camera? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not speaking for every single person I've come across, but I've had that. I've had people tell me, shouldn't you be doing the dishes or, (laughs) you know, like cleaning? And I'm not saying everyone's like that. I have a huge support system and like such a great audience and like my friends, they're all amazing. My family's super supportive, but yeah, I do have that a lot, especially when I'm when I was in that basis looking for clients in my early stage, like it was always like my work before my work could speak for itself. You know, I, there was a whole extra step where I had to prove myself that I can do this too. I can do it just like he can and he can. Um, but yeah. (laughs) So what's that, what's that process like? What's that extra step? I'm curious. I'm trying to shed some light into, you know, some of the challenges that, you know, woman, photographers face that their male counterparts probably aren't aware of like that's silly that you know that it you is are, so you silly to deal with those types of things are those businesses are those people just like it could be people it could be businesses it could be like product brands mm. you know it could be travel brand it could it's a wide range of categories but um the process is honestly as easy as delivering my work So it's like, once I get that chance to prove myself, I deliver the work and they're like, wow, you know, wow, I can't believe you did this. You're actually good. And that word actually comes in, you know, it's like, yeah, well, I told you so like, give me a shot at it. Um, but sometimes you just have to bite your tongue and you know, it's okay. It's okay. Everyone faces challenges. And this has been one of mine, um, alongside the whole girl thing, I think, Sometimes it's hard to filter out people who genuinely want to work with me 
and people who want to flirt and, (laughs) you know, hang out because it's fun. And like, they want to travel with a girl photographer who, you know, it could be fun with. So it's just a matter of filtering out the right people and who are just as serious as I am. So I guess when I, when I said process, I guess a more specific question would be like, how do you handle the objection? So like when you reach out to a client or a product brand, you know, to work with them and they start asking you questions like, can you even, you know, can you even hold a camera, uh, whatever else they may say to you? How do you, how do you handle those objections and, and how, how much time during your like sales process is spent trying to just show that you are capable of doing the work you think just because you're a female? So I've learned to tune it out. The first couple of times, it definitely caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's just a matter of allocating your energy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what you entertain, well, that's what you're allowing. So a lot of the times when such questions and statements come up, I'm quick to divert that and take it back to what the main topic is, which is my work, which is what the client is looking for and how I'm supposed to deliver that. So I just kind of shift my energy from focusing on that into the right thing, which is, you know, what actually matters on the table. Right. Which is your work and your work's good. Thank you. Um, appreciate that. So let me ask you this. Do you specialize like any, in any specific type of photography? It seems like you love to dabble in lots of creative types of you know photography niches uh is there one that you're particularly drawn to yeah so i really enjoy travel content and storytelling but that's not all i create it's funny you ask that because i don't really limit myself to any full-time client or full-time job i create um for a wide range of pieces of content so this could be in like travel this could be products this could be influencers and models and celebrities and events um, like festivals this could be you know panels that entrepreneurs speak on and podcasts just like you are as I've recorded a few of these um, so but that doesn't mean I technically that's where my passion lies you know I'm able to shoot all this stuff because I like waking up and filming something and editing something different every day But what I really enjoy doing um, is travel content, like flying somewhere new, um, immersing myself into that culture, trying new food, telling a story with where I am or what resort I'm working with at that time. Love it. Um, Give us a glimpse into the, (laughs) like, give us a glimpse into your life. Like you, I mean, you live in LA, you hang, like you very, like from the outside in, like you, you live very much so LA lifestyle right? Um, I would say so. You know, I'm a big introvert. I don't know if it comes off that way, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) really I'm not one person. If I'm at a club in LA, Mm -hmm. I'm the one looking at the guy holding the camera because I'm thinking of how I can film the event that's going on at the club rather than being the one that's like getting drunk with my friends, you know, I'm that one person, the weirdo, but (laughs) that's just how it is in my day-to-day life. I do get tons of energy from meeting new people and talking to people and like being around my friends. But at the same time, I'm like such an introvert because I could literally be on my laptop all day. And I wish I could tell you something different, but most of my days, it's just me 
and my computer or laptop nice. and all of my hard drives. You're on that hustle. <laughs> yeah. And I'm editing and it's like the edits are un- endless, you know, because if it's not client work, it gives, especially with all this quarantine stuff going on. Um, I have so much time to not only work on my personal projects, mm-hmm. but also learn new concepts mm-hmm. with editing. So your latest personal project was a pretty cool video uh, collab with a friend of yours, correct? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. That was super unplanned. We didn't even know we were going to shoot video that day. Um, me and my friend Costas, we decided to go to Malibu just to like get away. And that was like a private beach that was legally open. So nothing illegal here. And, um, we went there and we were like, Hey, you know what? Let's shoot some videos. And I ended up showing him this photo of you, (laughs) um, hanging outside of your van, almost catching your drone. And I was like, look at how cool this is. Do you think we could incorporate this since, you know, we have drones here today, we have camera equipment, let's do something with it. And it's funny because we just, I didn't even know what story I was going to tell with the video. I was just having fun. And somehow I ended up telling the story of like my Malibu day with Costas and like how we were playing in the sand, flying drones, doing this, doing that. So what did you think of it? <laughs> that was rad. No, I, I dug it. I thought it was, I thought it was hey. sweet. Um, hey. I actually did catch the drone, by the way. I'm just lazy. And, I did and oftentimes <laughs> I did not. Fly the drone right out of the window because <laughs> it's a lot easier to do when you just pull on the side of the road, you don't have to get out. You just throw it out. And oh my God. <laughs> you sound like so much of a pro. Cause that was not what happened. What actually happened was we put the drone in the sky and like slowly lowered it down to the level of like me and my car. And I was like, am I, am I close to it yet? I don't want to cut my finger. Am I doing this right? Trust so. me, don't advise. I'm not saying that people should be doing that. Everyone I know that does right. fly a drone like that, like I do and just catch it with their hands. They've either had their hands nicked by a blade before, or they may have wow. even lost a finger. So <laughs> I um, wish I was as cool as you because I've never, I have never caught a drone with my hands. I've always wanted to. There's a lot of things I want to learn. We're not cool. Guys are just silly and we just decide to do things that may be a little dangerous for whatever reason. We're just drawn to that. And so uh, nothing cool is more silly than anything. But I guess it, it, hey, you have to inspire your video. So that's cool. <laughs> it definitely did. And, you know, like I sent it to you pretty quickly because I was like, oh, Prince is going to see it. He's going to think I'm copying him. That's not the case. You inspired me instead. And that's what happened. So how do you approach? I'm curious. So you do all types of various shoots when you're out in the field. How do you uh, like how do you get ready for a photo shoot? Let's start there. Um, what does your pre so, look like? When it comes to photo or video, because those are two different things. You're shooting mostly photo, right? Honestly, mostly it's video. Yes, there's a lot of clients who require photos and those are quick and easy. But um, when it comes to video, it's a lot more depth into it. When it, for photo shoots, you know, like I don't necessarily prepare unless um, the client wants to prepare like a certain number of outfits or it's an event and I just need a backstory of, you know, like where the event is what the venue looks like, et cetera, et cetera. But in my day-to-day life, I kind of like walk around and see things in angles anyway. It's always kind of been like that. Mm -hmm. So for photos, when I'm there, based on how the lighting is, what the mood is for that day, that kind of sets the tone. 
and I don't know how to explain it, but it just comes natural to me. Um, and video is completely different though. Okay. So we'll hop into video, but I want to go a little deeper into the photography workflow. Uh, are you, when you're you're shooting like products and various things, are they just products by themselves? Are they like models? And if you are shooting models, like with the product, how do you build rapport with those people? So when it comes to products, it's my clients. Usually I offer a layout, especially the clients that have me on a retainer, for example, because just having product shots over and over again, come on, like we don't, no one wants to see that. It gets repetitive. No one's going to follow that account, you know? So I try to always recommend and include lifestyle photography as well. And, um, when it comes to including certain types of influencers or models in the shots, um, usually the client has a separate budget where they will hire the influencer or model to be in the shots. Um, And if they don't, if they already have like friends or whoever they want in the shots, they'll connect me with that person and we'll schedule like where we're going to shoot, whether it's a beach or, you know, um, an industrial location, that's how we'll go about it. But my clients usually, I steer away from that. I steer away from scheduling a shoot and having their whole feed on Instagram be from that shoot. Cause that's so obvious. Like you just hired someone to take a bunch of photos in the same day and now you're using them throughout the whole month. Come on now. How do you, so as an (laughs) introvert though, as an introvert, how do you build rapport with the, the talent? So when you're shooting the model, you show up to a shoot, you've never met Johnny, you know, Johnny boy, who is the model for the Fila shoe brand or whatever it may be. Um, you know, how do you, how do you break down that barrier so that you guys can have fun and, and, and freely flow in your creative session? So despite being an introvert, as I mentioned earlier, I get tons of energy from meeting new people. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like I look forward to meeting someone if it's someone I've never met before and getting to know them, what brought them to where they are today. And I'm just really excited and curious when I go into these shoots, because not only am I doing what I love to do, but it's cool to hear stories and meet people who, you know, enjoy doing something that's in a similar workspace to me. Yes, they're not the ones behind the camera and they're the ones in front of the camera, but it's, it's all a matter of like meeting new people and knowing what they do. And that's just how I've built my client list and my friend list, right. you know, cause I end up befriending these people. I'm like, wow, you're cool. You know? Yeah. We're working together, but I also want to be your friend. <laughs> so, before we get into the video workflow, I'm curious, did you start out in photography or, or filmmaking first? I started doing photo first. Um, yeah, I, you know, I started doing photo, but at the same time I was using iMovie maker and like garage band and like editing little cute videos for Instagram stories and things like that. But after a while, you know, after learning Photoshop and Lightroom, I started, I was like, I want to learn Premiere. I want to learn After Effects. And that's what I spent my time doing. Nice. How was that transition? There's a lot of people like yourself that are looking to transition from photo to video. And so I'm always curious to hear about, you know, each person's journey during that transition phase. It was really fun. And I'm really curious. And I can't say that a tutorial necessarily has taught me everything. There's so many great tutorials 
by so many talented people who have taken the time to put that together Mm -hmm. um, that I do spend time watching and like learning certain concepts, but I don't, it's like, I would say that's like 50% of the learning process because the other 50 is you actually practicing it over and over again and like putting it together in a video, for example, that Malibu video, you know, and after effects, I tried the drawing tool and boy, like that frame by frame drawing, so tedious, but so fun at the same time. You know, if you learn it, you could just watching the YouTube video, you'll be like, what, what's going on? But once you start doing it, it's actually so much more fun. Right. I love that. I love that you're, you value learning and that you're always like totally. pushing yourself to learn uh, new things, <laughs> test new ideas, try new stuff out. And that's always, that's exciting. I think that. Uh, you have the growth mindset, which I think is very important to succeed in anything is to be curious and always open to learning and getting in the trenches and just getting dirty and doing. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I don't like being comfortable. I think even when I feel like I've learned so much, I know that there's so much more to learn. Like I want to learn how to backflip. (laughs) That's my next big thing because, um, after, things go back to normal in this world, I really want to get my skydiving certification. And I feel like having the flexibility of learning how to backflip and doing backflips in the sky and backflips in the pools would be so fun. (laughs) Why are you laughing? That just seems like it's just a funny thing to just bring. I really want to learn backflips. Yeah, I really do. Um, No, I really do. That's epic. I've gone skydiving one time. Definitely, How'd you like it? definitely didn't toss a backflip. I loved it. I mean, I thought I was going to die the first 10 seconds. My stomach was in my throat. But uh, once I got my, once I could breathe after the first 10, 15 seconds, uh, it was insane. It was the best feeling in the world. The first 10, 15 that you just feel like you might have died. Uh, but it's great. Do you like heights though? Are you afraid of heights? Uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I have a weird relationship with heights. Let's just say it's complicated. Okay. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. I love hate relationships. It very much so <laughs> is. So your videography workflow, what does that look like when you have a video shoot? How do you prepare for that? Oh wow. So it depends what video it is. Let's just Let's say client shoot. traveling. Oh, okay, client shoot. Let's do client shoot. Um I go into it and understanding what kind of client it is. And are we talking like person? client or resort client or whatever you like resorts. Perfect. That's true. Okay. So if it's a resort client, um, you know, just understanding where the location is, uh, kind of, if I'm not, if I don't have the freedom to just be in that location the day before and walk around it and get a feel for it, then I will look up photos of it and see what there is to shoot. I'll plan out. I'll listen to the song. Let's say if they want a song, um, I'll listen to it, understand the story behind the song and kind of piece together ahead of time what I would want my video to look like. But again, it's not like precise. So when I go into the actual shoot, I will shoot more than less. It's always good to have more than less. This includes a lot of B-roll, like tons of B-roll of literally everything because that is what actually tells the story. Um, what I like to focus on is I don't want to just shoot a video. I want to make people feel what I was feeling when I was in that location. 
So if I'm in Iceland and I feel cold, but I feel mesmerized by the Northern Lights and like everything around me and what the resort made me feel and how the food tasted, I want people to feel that. I want them to be inspired by that. I want them to be there. And, you know, the goal of the video is usually to sell, to sell and like get clients to come and stay there. Um, so that's what I will do. I'll, I'll advocate like a feeling in my video. And then obviously I'll shoot like the main stuff that they want to include, like their bed and breakfast and, you know, what the rooms look like, what the view looks like, things like that. And then piece it together. <laughs> nice. So, uh, have you ever done, do you, so when you're working with like your tourism clients, have you got to, uh, the point where you're like scripting and developing like a narrative beforehand and like a shot list. So when you go out, uh, yep. there's a lot less shooting because you know, yeah. you have like specific goals in mind as far as shots and, and how you're going to tell the story. Yeah. So I don't just shoot every shot with one angle. I like to do it in multiple angles. So for example, if I know that when Did I'm that sitting behind Drake, my computer, What's that? Did you learn the multiple angles from Drake? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Drake's, you know, in Drake's song, Gotta Hit the Mangoes. Oh, that came after. Okay. I was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, you know, when I'm sitting behind the computer and I'm editing the video and for some reason it feels right to mask the shot, like, I know that I won't be able to do that if I just shot it straight, you know? So I'll go into every shot and yes, I'll have a preconceived idea of ideally where I want that shot placed in my edit, but I'll still film it in multiple different ways, just in case I change my mind, just in case as I'm editing, I get a new idea um, or I want to switch it up. All right. Let's, let's talk, uh, let's talk social media a little bit. And so obviously you spend a decent amount of time with, you know, being on social and all that stuff. Uh, I'm curious in the, during the age of mass media consumption and social media kind of spearheading that, have you, you know, lots of people have experienced various run-ins with some form of mental illness or various challenges that come up from being overwhelmed with just social media in general. Have you ever experienced anything like that? And if so, would you mind maybe sharing a story? Um, I've not really experienced overwhelmness from social media. Mm -hmm. I do experience overwhelmness with putting out my content on social media because I can be my own worst critic most of the time. (laughs) And, um, sometimes, you know, I'll spend days and weeks on a video, but I'll still be tweaking it. And the same goes for a photo. And I just feel like, you know, if I show it to my friend, I'll be like, Oh my God, that's so cool. But I'll be like, no, like I want to change that. You know, I want to do, I'll keep tweaking it. And that's because in my mind, when it comes to my personal work, um, I not just want it to be quote unquote perfect, but I just I'm always looking for ways to improve and, you know, I'll fall asleep with an edit, but then wake up to wanting to change that. So I guess that's what I struggle with, but consumption of social media in general, no, not necessarily. I really enjoy, you know, talking to people. I enjoy the support I get on social media. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the opportunities I've gotten because of social media. Really grateful. 
how much time would you say that you spend on social media each day? That's a hard one. It depends. It depends if I'm working because a lot of my, so a lot of my work is also econ related. Mm-hmm. So if it, are you talking about like personal time or work time too? Just total. Um, it just depends on the day of the week. Sometimes I have clients that I assist with social media because, you know, they need, I help them with engagement and things like that. Um, but when I don't have that, when I'm just scrolling, not really very much, I'm more editing and, um, being present in what I'm doing and like living my life. But if I, let's say I post, I don't post every day. So if I post, I'll attend to that, um, more than I would on any other day because I want to communicate with the great feedback I'm getting and like people who are congratulating me or asking me questions about photography and videography. So that'll take more time than other days. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it feels like every time you, you hit me up, you're always, always editing pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, which is that's co- true. Which is, which is cool. That's true. And you know, like people ask me and they're like, Oh, what, what are your plans this weekend? I'm like, editing <laughs> that's that's what i'm always doing but so, hey this is what i love to do so. so you were saying that you utilize social media to like get clients and stuff how do you go about approaching you know a prospect client on social media so it's been less approaching lately but in the beginning when i would approach clients on social media um i would start by really just you know, people aren't going to respond to a DM where you're just like, hi, I want to work with you. Um, I think if you really want to work with someone, you have to build a relationship with them. And I do that by, let's say I'm liking their photos. I hit that follow button and I support, um, let's say that influencer that I want to shoot, you know, and I support what she's already posting. And she sees like, oh, wow, this girl is really nice. Like she thinks I'm pretty and, you know, she's actually a nice person. And after that, I'll be like, Hey, I really like your photos. Um, I have some ideas on how we can make it better and we'll go from there. It's not a random DM she's getting. She's getting a DM from someone who is already supporting her work and yeah, who's befriending her. So that's how I kind of started doing that Nice in the beginning. (laughs) So you also mentioned that you help out like e-commerce brands sometimes like with their engagement on their Instagram uh, I was curious if you had any tips on the for our listeners as far as how to increase their engagement on the Instagram mm-hmm. platform. Um, so I don't help e-commerce brands. I do e-commerce myself okay. on the side, um, and I have a team of people that assist me with that. So that's, Hold on. I don't I lo- know. Can I say I love that? By the way, hey, put Thank you, you. should have been like Prince. Put some respect on my name. I said I do e-commerce. I don't do e-commerce for other people. I have my own e-commerce thing going. That is awesome. You're an entrepreneur. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I believe in hiring my weakness. So, for example, like if I'm not good at Facebook ads and I'm not passionate about it, but I have stores, for example, where I want to run Facebook ads to, you know, increase my profits, I will hire someone who is amazing at Facebook ads and passionate about it, just like I'm passionate about content and chances are they're going to do so much better than I will if I were to run those ads. 
Um, but when it comes to engagement, these are just clients, you know, these are just people like you and me who want to grow their business or personal brand on social media and sell to these people that like this audience that they end up growing and they want, you know, likes comments, they just want to organically grow their engagement. And so I help them with that. And I guess some tips without investing money, if you honestly just want to grow, then you can do that. Everyone can do that. It's not impossible. And I would say the best thing you can do is instead of focusing on the number of likes and comments, focus on the value that you provide to your audience and try to build a relationship with your audience. And that's what I tell all my clients because let's say you are posting a photo and you want more comments on this photo. Yeah, you can join engagement groups to get that. Or you can do stories and post polls, post a question box, find ways for your audience to engage with you other than just the comment. So psychologically, if they're engaging with you on your stories, you know, clicking the question box, typing something in there, and if they see your photo pop up the next day, they're going to more likely comment because they're already used to engaging with you and building a relationship with you, for example. Right. I, I love that. Just deliver value. The more you give, the more you get in return. Absolutely. Um, let's chat a little bit about your, I'm curious, on, on a personal level, you know, from Instagram, like if I didn't know you at all, I'd look at Instagram and just be like, okay, her life's perfect. <laughs> like I've is, always wondered what it people is, it think. Is, it yeah. is like... She just is on a different world. Like she's at all the coolest pools you've ever seen in your entire life. Oh she <laughs> is in boats, private jets, helis, you know, doing all these things. And so I'm curious. So like, obviously like the, your life has highs. I'm curious if there's any lows, like what challenges do you face as a, you know, young person in 2020 that may not necessarily be noticed on your, you know, through your Instagram channel? You know, I would say a lot of people on Instagram, including myself, we only post the highs, you know, we only post the glamour and we don't necessarily post a selfie of of us crying (laughs) or any of that. And no, I suffer from tons of anxiety on a day-to-day basis, like self-doubt, you know, human things that we all go through, depression, Um, just really just all kinds of fear and it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but what was the question as in like how I experienced these things or like, like what types of fears? So like what, like what fears are you, do you experience in your life? So a big fear of mine, it, it resorts to time. Usually I get really weird around New Year's or my birthday and I kind of ruin my birthday for myself sometimes, honestly. It's because, not because I'm having a bad day, more just because I feel like I'm not where I want to be and time is running out and it's not that I'm ungrateful. I'm so grateful for how far I've come, but I'm, I know my goals And I think my goals change pretty fast and keep growing and growing and growing. So I'm never comfortable. I'm never, you know, good with where I'm at. I'm always looking for challenging myself more and more. 
And so I fear that I'm not where I want to be, or I'm not good enough, or, you know, like there's always competition around us. There's so many photographers, so many videographers, and it's like, Oh, like, is my work even good? Like I have those days where I'm just like, I just want to archive everything on my feet and like start over, you know? Mm. Um, so trust me, like I do feel all of these things myself and the way you overcome that is honestly just reminding yourself why you started and seeing how far you've come. I think it's easy to get caught up in where you want to be. And in that process, you stop noticing how far you've come. And sometimes I pause and I was like, wow, like, you know, this past year I've done so much and that is more than I did the year before. Mm. And you know, that, that helps me kind of take in, and I'm not saying it's like an immediate off switch. It's definitely hard to bounce back, but I do bounce back. I love that. You said why, uh, you know, go back to why you started because, you know, Simon Sinek's start with why is a great Ted talk, but it's something I bring up because it's most people can relate to it. And most people have seen it. It's been viewed millions of times, but, uh, it's important obviously to have a strong why behind what you do because times do get hard and things are challenging and without a strong reason for doing what you're doing, it's, it's easy to quit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't think about quitting. I never do because I think every day I wake up thanking myself and almost like pinching myself that, wow, I get to do what I love to do as a career Mm -hmm. and I'm not doing it as a hobby. I'm not, you know, still working a nine to five and figuring out time, scrambling time to edit photos. I'm actually doing this. Mm -hmm. So just like being grateful is another thing that'll help you kind of like divert from the anxiety and like, you know, the negative feelings. Um, When you're grateful, I have a little journal where I write down things that I'm grateful for every day. And that really helps put things into perspective a lot. I love that getting those mindful practices in anything, anything else you do as far as to keep that mindset North? I eat healthy. I exercise. Not always. I do have my fair share of junk food and carbs and all that. I think what you put into your body is important, um, for your mental health and your physical health. And I try to consume content that is going to positively influence me. I think the more than oxygen, what we consume, if you think about it, is content on a day-to-day basis. It's brands, it's logos, it's things that we see on social media, it's the TV we're watching, it's the music we're listening to. This is all forms of content. So I really try to, I don't really binge watch Netflix shows. I have, but it takes me a really long time to finish, let's say like Ozark or you know Breaking Bad. It takes me like months, almost even a year because I won't sit there and watch Netflix all the time. I think, you know, I'd rather listen to podcasts. I'd read books. I will, um, you know, spend time watching tutorials and learning new things. And I think the content you consume really helps shape your thinking and your mindset. For sure. Every single day. Yeah. Wait, one quick question though. I want to go back to, you know, you said that when you look at my feed, it looks like I have a perfect life. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've gotten that before, but and that's something not just with you, by the way, it's, 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 it's a lot of people. Like that's <laughs> it's, yeah. 
Absolutely. But with my feed, I never try to portray myself as a model. Like I know a lot of the photos are really cool locations. I don't necessarily do like close-ups of like what I look like and what I'm wearing. It's more, my feed I would say is more about the art. It's more about the location on that and what's behind me. Yes, I'm in the photo because I was there, <laughs> but it's, I would say it's more about what's behind me. And that's the kind of content I like to put out rather than just like, you know, what I'm wearing, right. what I'm drinking, things like that. Gotcha. So you brought up a few things. You brought up podcasts, tutorials, and books. Uh, <laughs> let's start with the podcast or let's start with actually the YouTube tutorials. So okay. who are some of your favorite uh, YouTubers that you watch to learn from? So I don't have any favorites. I have an archive of a lot of liked and saved videos. Gotcha. Um, I wish I could pinpoint the names for you, but when I'm watching tutorials, I literally will click, like click all different ones and like, you know, fit, watch what fits what I'm trying to learn in that moment. So for example, that drawing tool that I did, um, you know, in my Malibu video, mm-hmm. I watched maybe like 10 different tutorials for that. And I learned and took away a little piece from almost every single one because people teach differently. And I think there's a little piece of information that, you know, you're just going to use in your own video or your own editing process from every single one. So I wouldn't say limit yourself to one YouTuber who's amazing. I think a lot of people are amazing. And I think a lot of people know different things that you can take away from. Is there any person you would recommend? Like if someone rather than them just hitting on getting on YouTube and searching the thing, is there like, this guy is awesome or this girl is freaking rad and she's really good stuff. Um, hold on. Am I allowed to look this up? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Cause I actually have it in my saved person that I look up a lot. Yeah. I always love hearing the names that way people at home can, you know, that are wanting to, learn yeah. you can hop on youtube and search it up because sometimes when you're just searching in the abyss you're mm-hmm. watching you know five six really poor low quality tutorials to find the one really good one and so recommendations are always really nice so i've been i really enjoy watching digital art tutorials because that's not something that i do every day And every time I want to learn something, I feel like I have to go back to a tutorial and watch it. And there is this guy, Visuals of Julius, who is really, really good. Do you know who that is? Is that someone you know? Yeah. That's good stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, like, I watch his stuff a lot. And that's completely, like, I I would say I go back to his work more often than... When it comes to other things, I watch so many different people. But when it comes to digital art, I'll always go back to him over and over again. Yeah, he's, um, he's OG in the game. <laughs> yeah. And there's this other guy. His name is Sam. I'm forgetting his last name, but I know his name is Sam. And it's not colder. <laughs> right. It's not colder. Um, but no, there's a huge list. I wish I could go through the list, but I don't necessarily have it. What about podcasts? I really enjoy listening to Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with that. And my all time favorite person. Huh? Are you a Joe Rogan for president person? 
I don't get involved in politics. That's just something I stay away from, that's you know? Not, I just It's not a bad angle. I have so many different opinions, and I'm like, oh, this is confusing. I'm just going to go back to editing. Um, <laughs> uh, I also, my all-time favorite, it's Gary Vee. Like, I've just admired Gary Vee. I've just I, everything he teaches is just so amazing. And so I listen to his podcast mm-hmm. a lot. I read his books a lot and I recommend it to you and everyone else listening to this. Gary V. The hustler. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best. The grinder. Yeah. yeah. Do you listen to his stuff too? Um, I used to listen to him years ago. I still enjoy him. I think he's a little, I think there's, I think we all go through different phases in life where our, the people that we appoint as, I guess, mentors in a, in one way or another change with, you know, as you grow, you, you value different insight more. And so I love Gary's work. I don't listen to much of it anymore, but, uh, I think what he does is phenomenal and the empire he's built is phenomenal. His team's amazing. Uh, we had D rock, at an event in New York uh, not too long ago, and awesome, awesome. He rocks awesome. He's great. For sure. He's such a good guy. What about book recommendations? Any- Gary Vee books or other no, 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 books? Just books in general. Like, what are your... So, I really like the book... Um, sorry, I'm blanking out. Ask Gary Vee by Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. I almost listed the other one, which is why I kind of stuttered, mm-hmm. but no, Ask Gary Vee is my favorite one. I also like, um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. That one's great. I like the book, make your bed. That one teaches you about, you know, doing things right just by starting your day and how it allows you to basically form the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. And, um, my personal favorite, my favorite book, it's called How to Move Your Cheese or Who Moved My Cheese. Sorry. Do you know? Yes. Do you know that book? Yes. So my grandfather bought that book for me when I was like in, I don't know, middle school, I think. And it was, yeah. it's such a good book. It's just about how to deal with change. I read that in fourth grade and it's stuck with me since then. And I still go back and like reread it from time to time. And I think that's because change is never easy. And I think there's a lot of fear involved in change. And I think we go through it over and over again throughout periods of our life. But I don't think it ever gets easy. I think whenever change comes, it's always like, oh, my God, something's changing. There's anxiety. <laughs> well, change, well, it's funny because, like, change is the constant. Like, it's always constant. What do you mean? Like it's always happening. Things are always changing oh, yeah. all the time, you know? And so when you, but I, I guess what I mean is more like big changes, more changes that you feel like, you know, there's small changes, but then there's the really big ones, like moving apartments, buying a new car, right. you know, like getting a new job. Um, big, big changes could be scary sometimes. For sure. What do you think makes a, a good image? Hmm yourself I think that is something I really admire in anyone is when they're able to unapologetically be themselves instead of trying to fit in don't get me wrong I think we all try to fit in um that's how society is but I think when someone is honest and sincere and able to be themselves without 
trying to be someone to please the person in front of them or anyone else, I think that's really admirable. For sure. Everyone could, could use a little uh, channeling of the, the champ, Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> oh that my dude's gosh. definitely himself. Uh, I love yeah, it. exactly. What are ways that you create a certain type of mood in your photos via your post-processing? Um, it goes into editing. You mean like warm, cold, mood, vibey stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just really depends. Like sometimes I could make things that are taken in nighttime look like daytime. And it's all in the matter of what you're trying to make the edit look like. So white balance is really so key. The right lighting is so key. Um, I prefer warmer tones than colder tones in my edits. So if, even if something is taken in freezing ice cold, I'll try to like move it to the warmer side just cause it makes me feel warmer and like better about my edit. And that's just how I am. Um, I also really remove all yellows from my photos unless it's a sunset. Unless it's a sunset, I'll take out yellow tones in all of my edits and usually my client work as well, because that's just something, I guess that's just my style of editing. Right. What, uh, what camera gear are you using? Um, I'm currently using a Canon 1DX Mark II. Uh, I have a Mavic 2 Pro drone. That's my go-to. Um, I have multiple lenses, but the one I would say I shoot with most is my 24 to 105 Canon um, F4. And that's a stabilized lens. So it really helps with the whole video process. I don't use a gimbal or anything like that. I will, I shoot most of my videos in like a really, like a higher frame rate. Mm -hmm. So it slows down all my video footage, but then I'll also like use a stabilized lens and throw warp stabilizer on it. You know, when I'm editing in Premiere, for those who know what that is. And, um, I don't know. I just, I also have my little Polaroid Fuji cams, you know, and I'm just nice. hanging with the girls, <laughs> for example. <laughs> do you, uh, any special settings on your camera that you shoot with? Like, are you using like custom profiles in camera or are you, I really like my Canon colors. You know, I know there's a lot of people who shoot in C log and S log. Um, what about, photo? I don't, I mean, for photo, I really like, that's why I love Canon as a brand because of their in-camera like colors before I even the editing process is just phenomenal. So I prefer Canon over, you know, Sony and all that because I just, I don't mess, I don't mess with the colors when it comes to Canon colors. I really just love them for who they are and it makes my edits so much better. Let's talk travel for a quick second. Okay. What are your top three locations that you've been to? I would say number one is Iceland. I really enjoyed Iceland the most because it's honestly like another planet. I would say it's nothing like any other place on earth. Um, You can just, it's a good place to drive. You could drive for hours and hours and never be bored because, you know, in the day you're constantly like surrounded by so much scenery, but then at night there's Northern lights. If you go at the right time of the year and then number two 
I really liked Bali. Bali, you know, come on. That's like the place to be. It's a getaway. I would say it's like a massive version of Tulum in Mexico and Hawaii combined together. There's nature in Ubud. And then if you want the beach, you go to Seminyak. And then there's like that young party area in Kangu, which I really liked. And number three, um, I really like Cappadocia, Turkey. Mm. Um, totally different culture. You fly into Istanbul and you take a smaller flight into Cappadocia, which is like a small little city that, you know, it's kind of hidden away. Lots of cute little kitties everywhere. But every morning at sunrise, they have hundreds of hot air balloons that go up at the same time and kind of light up the whole sky. And I recorded a time lapse of that. Oh my God. I cannot wait to put that out. It is epic. Probably my favorite time lapse I've ever shot. Um, Yeah. So I really enjoyed being there. Also like the architecture there, it's wild. Like everything is made of stones. So even like the hotels that you stay in, it's like you stay in a cave basically. But it's a totally different experience than like going in, checking into a normal hotel, like, you know, sleeping in a normal place. Yeah. What are, what are the top three things that you've learned while you've learned through traveling? I've learned that there's more to life than LA. And by that, I mean, I sometimes feel like growing up in LA, I have been spoiled and this is not necessarily money. I think, you know, just there's more, humbleness around the world there's just so much more to life than like clubs and palm trees and you know just the things that we see in LA um so many different kinds of people and so I would learn I've learned to be more humble by traveling I think just it kind of brings you back down to earth and makes you see reality for what it is just experiencing poverty things like that um I've also learned that there's so much more bomb food than fries and pizza so much more food. And like, I would say some of my favorite parts about traveling is trying new food. Even though I am vegetarian, so much food, so many like new kinds of fruits that I've tried, um, around the places I've been to. And number three is accommodating. And I think, so like, I'm a very clean person and, you know, like I really just, I don't like dust. So like, I don't, I don't like leaving my dishes in the sink overnight kind of thing. So just traveling in different places has helped me be grounded and just kind of like get all messy and experience life for what it is rather than just like, I don't know. I've just really allowed myself to get messy in this world and it helped me step out of my comfort zone by doing that. So that's something else it taught me. I love it. Before we wrap the podcast, we normally end it with our guests leaving some words of inspiration uh, for the audience. So if you've been wanting to relay anything specific to your followers and the listeners of the podcast, now would be the time. Okay. I really want everyone to know that it's okay to be who you are. And it's okay to be honest about it. I think I myself struggle doing this. You know, like it's so hard to 
completely be yourself because we're surrounded by societal things that we want to be people we want to be people we look up to how we should dress how we should act on Instagram what we should put out but no literally just be you and you'll be surprised with how much more you're accepted and loved than if you tried to be someone you're not and tried to put on any sort of facade or, you know, just really like if you love the color orange as much as I do, then post orange things and like wear orange. It doesn't matter what other people think. I think people love authenticity and I love authenticity And when I see authenticity in someone else, it makes me want to be closer to them. Ladies and gentlemen, Arfa, be sure to check her out on Instagram at Arfa. That's A-R-F-A on Instagram. Very simple, four letters. Be sure to give her a follow and check out her work. Make sure to check out artivisuals.com for all the podcasts how-to educational videos, and so much more. Uh, Be sure to share the podcast if you enjoyed this episode and help spread the love by sharing it with some friends. Other than that, stay tuned. Till next time, have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Arfa. Thank you.